Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't believe I'm going to have to say this, but uh, we need to pause the soccer talk, guys. (laughs) We're back on the radio. Um... We appreciate you so much for being with us wherever you are. If you're on YouTube.com slash ESPN1320, hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button as well. We know a lot of you just search Dealing with KC or search ESPN1320. Come along and watch the show. Uh, Being a subscriber uh, really helps us. So become one. Hit the thumbs up. That helps the channel grow over there. You can do the same thing on Twitch. Hit the subscribe buttons, follow buttons, heart buttons, all of that good stuff. Uh, If you're listening on the Odyssey app, 1320 AM, wherever you are, we appreciate you so much for being here. With us on this Friday and Hammer... How close was last night's game uh, to what you wanted going in? Um, you know, I like. I think it was perfect for for what the Kings needed. Mm. Like, you knew they were going to come out slow because that's kind of the All Star break. Everybody is a little funky and out of it. Um, it, it just you get out of a rhythm when you miss a week of basketball. Uh, and then for them to find themselves, but not have to put it, put out so much energy that it, you know, will bleed over into tonight's game. Um, I thought it was good. They needed, they basically, you know, they needed, they needed a scrimmage game Mm -hmm. and sorry, Portland trailblazers. That's exactly what that was. That was a scrimmage game. Did you, did you ever, were you ever worried about the game last night? No, no. When, uh, who's their center? Uh, Eubanks. When Eubanks yeah. turned around and like tried to do like a baby jump hook from six feet and and shot at three feet, <laughs> uh, that's when I knew oh this game's over. Like I it, I I got to be honest, I laughed, which drew like multiple media members looking at me. I I laughed because I was like oh my gosh, I can't believe he just he missed that shot. I mean you're almost seven foot tall. You, you know we talk about this with Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter has this ability to get in the key and actually do things that like a guy who's six foot seven should do. Like it might not always be pretty, it might, but it's effective. Watching uh, Drew Eubanks turn around and like just, I mean, it wasn't even a brick. I mean, he just missed the iron by like three feet. It mm. was just embarrassing, and um, <laughs> that's that's kind of like you don't want to see a lot of that down the stretch. But the Kings don't have to worry about that either. Like their schedule dictates that they're not gonna face a lot of uh the rough you know late season non-competitive games that they have in the past so yeah was it like a couple of years ago the kings went up against okc and moses brown and he was just out there like clubbing people like what are you doing like you're gonna hurt somebody it's like when you go play you know at a at a local gym and you start playing and a a football player shows up and he doesn't know how to play basketball at all so he thinks it's it's time to just like mug you and like hug you the whole time. Oof. You're like, what is happening? Football that that crazy. happens in the NBA late in the season where you get some bad players who shouldn't uh, shouldn't be out there on the court playing major minutes, and um, you always worry that they're going to hurt somebody. But again, the Kings. This is one of the few games the Kings will have that they'll face something like that. Normally, we point out the numbers. We didn't do that today. Fourteen threes, fourteen made threes. Good stuff. Uh, Twenty-seven assists. There we go. Uh, so good numbers all around uh, for Sacramento. I also didn't realize uh, last night how efficient they were. 54% uh, from the field. No one took more than 15 shots. That was De'Aaron Fox, and he was 11 of 15. Mm. James, five straight games with 30-plus points uh, for De'Aaron Fox. Now spread over multiple weeks uh, with the All-Star game in the middle. What, what is this stretch telling you about De'Aaron's season? He just realized that it's all too easy, that he can just go do whatever he wants anytime he wants, Mm because that's what it looked like. It was all in the third quarter last night. Um, He was a little quiet coming into the uh, coming through the first half, 
uh, but 14 points in the third quarter. And a lot of it came after he went out of the game and then came back in with like three minutes left. He just hit the, the gas pedal, and there's just no one that can stop him. And, you know, Portland does have – they have length, and they have some defensive-minded players. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him last night. Like, Fox was just too good. And, you know, that's that's something I think he's learning. It's something that he – took into the all-star break knowing that like all he has to do is throttle up and no one can stick with him he's he's got five in a row but it's he's also seven out of eight Mm -hmm. that he's had 30 plus and i think the 10th game the ninth game he scored 29 so there's only one game and he scored i think 16 and it was because they blew somebody out Mm -hmm. and that's the only reason he didn't he didn't have 30 in that game like what he the level he's playing out right now if he can start hitting the three ball again and shoot, you know, even 37, 38% and like these last 24 games, like he's going to cakewalk to 30 a game. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. He's, he's on fire right now. And, uh, as long as he has that mentality, that killer mentality that we saw last night, like, I don't think that there's, uh, he's going to be really, really good down the stretch. I, um, talked about it earlier and I was just like, man, he, he he's he gets everything. He's ready for everything that's needed right now to be a franchise player. And like I said earlier, maybe he wasn't always there. Maybe he, you know, just didn't click with them. You know, hey, I got to carry this team at this time, and you know, I got to pick up my game here. They need my scoring. It can't be the distributor, whatever. But Damian pointed it out. There was, you know, probably in that second quarter. I think you said where he was like, you know. We got to turn it up now. I know I'm fourth quarter Fox and I get my other guys involved, but it's time for me to turn this up a little bit. And that's just indicative of me. Just He's ready, man. I talked about it yesterday. He's ready to lead this team, lead this franchise to another level. Yeah, and, and I'll point out too, it the game is much easier when there's two of you that are great. You know, like it's one thing to to be like a pillar of a organization and, you know, we call them cornerstones, right? So corner, but is, in most buildings, there's at least four corners. And, and for a long time, it felt like, you know, we kept saying the cornerstone of the franchise was was realistically one guy. And when you're carrying all of the weight, and that's not saying he's doing everything on the court and he's the only player and all that stuff, but... Like when game that the other team is game planning for to face the Sacramento Kings, it was like okay, De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna let Buddy Hield shoot as much as he wants. You know, like those are things that like you have to think uh, about when you're when you're gonna play the Kings. It's how do we slow De'Aaron Fox? Now it's how do we slow De'Aaron Fox, and how do we take away some of what uh, Demonis Sabonis does? And so when you're splitting up the, you know, the scouting report and you're focusing on more than one player, it, it changes the dynamic greatly. And so I I think he feels that. I think he feels like he now has somebody else who's standing there holding up the walls with him. And, and that's big because it doesn't have to be him every night. It can be someone else. Um, but it can also be him because, because they have someone else. It, it's all much easier for him at this point. Watching De'Aaron uh, last night, James, made me wonder if De'Aaron is even better than – if he's better than he was last year or if he just recognizes, as you two were just talking about, the amount of talent around him, which he now has – we talk about the confidence that he has in himself mm-hmm. and, and his ability to score. He said it very, very early in the season. I have the ability to get every any shot I want to, and he has shown that like time and time again this year. But unlike last year, this year he has confidence in his teammates, whether it's Domas or Malik or Keegan. He has Domas in guys wearing Sacramento Kings jerseys, and I think that elevates him a little bit more, and it's making his game stand out. He doesn't have those we talk about, like De'Aaron's got to put together a full season. He's got he's to be doing exactly what he's doing right now. He's got to do that all year long. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's hard to do it when you're carrying a bunch of dead weight, half of which don't even want to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with you. Um, I'd also say this, like, you guys always talk about, like, the 14 three-pointers, right? Well, that's those stats, like, it's not like every team in the league doesn't have access to the stats. 
they understand that too. They understand that in order for them to slow down the Sacramento Kings, they've got to take away the three. So now we add, I mean, even if you're not looking at the Kings having a big three, you can look at the idea of the three-point shot as their third. So if you you got to slow down De'Aaron and his speed. you got to slow down Domas, somehow keep him off the glass, somehow keep him from orchestrating the offense. But then you also have to slow down that three-point shot. So you're right. By having better players around him, it has opened a door for him to excel. You know, it's, this isn't all on him. And he's using, you know, the screens as well as he have, as he has his entire career. The Kings are using, you know, all of these DHOs and these, uh, like, the motion of the offense to get everybody wide open looks. But when that guy gets downhill, I, we saw it last night. On a straight line drive right down the middle, he cut through, like, three guys. And he went in and out, like, like laterally like between everyone and kept making moves all the way through while flying right down the middle of the lane and go, and he went up and then went right to the other side of the basket and finished. And it was so impressive. Like the change of direction, change of speed that he's able to do is, is crazy. And and it's fun to watch. He's like, realistically, he's, he's finding out who he can be at this moment. And we're getting to see like sort of the nexus of, of who uh, De'Aaron Fox can be. What did you um, What did you think of of Terrence Davis last night? Our guy TD. I mean, you know, it seems it's like- my favorite new ham segment. <laughs> Say something nice about TD. <laughs> TD was out there. He's, he he provided a spark for this group, man. He, he came out there and provided a spark off the bench. Woke everybody up, and you know, did his thing. What you think, James? What you think? Okay, so the first quarter was absolutely <laughs> reckless. Like in the first quarter, he had nine points. Yep. He had three turnovers. Yep. <laughs> he had two personal fouls. It's like, welcome to the Terrence Davis experience. <laughs> like, you got everything. And that was all in, like, five minutes of play. Um, but it was an uh, awesome like, five minutes. That was yeah, an electric five and, minutes. And then late, when Demonis needed all of his assists to get to the triple-double, he just kept feeding TD in the two-man game, and TD kept hitting the threes. Hmm. It was fun to watch. Like he can be a valuable, valuable member of this team going down the stretch. I I totally believe that. But he has to he has to be consistent and keep doing what he's been doing, specifically on the defensive end. He he has to be active on the defensive end as well. And Mike Brown talked about it last night. It it's it's not like he makes a mistake. It's the second and third and fourth mistake where you know, it, it starts to wear on you. And then we had the moment in post game. I don't know if you guys saw his post game. Um, I didn't like, I switched bags yesterday. So I didn't have, I forgot my tripod. Um, so all I had was a mini tripod and I put it on a chair out in front of me and Brendan. So we were recording and it ends up like my video is just like the tops of their heads because it was just too low. And so Brendan's keyboard clicking. <laughs> Yeah, usually uh, Brendan the Keyboard Warrior just like slaying that thing the whole time. Like, it's like him and Scott Howard Ke- Cooper, nobody hits a, a keyboard harder. Like, you're like, man, what are you doing over there? And anyway, uh, Terrence Davis had just this incredible moment in, in postgame where I thought he was so much more honest than anyone else has been. So we asked, you know, what are your expectations? What are you expecting? All these things from the players. Over the last couple of days when we're at practice, uh, we had two days of practice. We had a shoot-around. Like, we've seen these guys a lot just since they've been back from the break, like, you know, three, four days in a row. And, you know, like, you got the the Malik Monk, like, basic answer. Like, well, we just got to win. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, how are you going to do that? Well, it doesn't matter. We just have to win. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And you, you get, you know, Sabonis who, like, it feels like – Sabonis interviews feels like like speed dating. Like he, he just like rapid fire, ask a question, answer, answer, ask a question. I mean, he might, I just feel don't think he's super comfortable like, with all that stuff. You know, it's good for writing when you go back and transcribe his quotes. He's actually really good for that because he gives you really succinct, like brief answers that fit into like a sentence and a half. Hmm. And so it does actually work where Mike Brown, like gives you four paragraphs for every answer. Uh, you know, Sabonis is very quick and you also get like rapid fire, like 14, 15 questions in a two minute session. Mm -hmm. Um, but Sabonis, uh, like he's kind of been the same way. Like, well, 
we just have to continue to do what we've been doing all season long and, and just, you know, continue to get better on the defensive end. And, and then he said, we got to, I I've got to rebound better. We've got to rebound better, especially on the defensive end. We can't give up all these offensive rebounds anyway. But when we got to Terrence Davis, (laughs) yeah. And then he came out just like, okay, I said I was going to rebound better. Now I'm the rebound God. Like I, I I got this. That's what I love about Sabonis. It is like very much, like it's rudimentary. Like, yeah, I play basketball. It's like, okay, I get it. Like he goes out and he does whatever he says. Anyway, I'll read the quote that Terrence Davis had uh, from last night. And, um, you know, the thing about Terrence is he's he's honest and he wears it on his sleeve. And sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes he kind of gets lost. But uh, last night he said, Sacramento hasn't been in this position in what, almost two decades. Uh, our... If you and hold that, if you hold of, that thought, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, James. If you hold that yeah. thought right there, I can actually play the clip for you. Uh, oh, you got it. We, okay, yeah, play it. We, we 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 had this pulled up uh, because it 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 caught our attention in in the same exact way. Yeah, uh, it caught yours. Here's TD last night following the game. You know, walking on the court and knowing that you're in a position to do something that has been done in you know almost two decades. That should that should light a fire in you, you know. Uh, for me, it's honestly, man. I was I was on All Star break just thinking about it uh, while I was, you know, uh, somewhere else. I was just thinking about it and you know just you know trying to put into perspective how important these last few games are. So it's it's definitely major. This is something you know special for sure. Uh, we have, like I said, it's been almost two decades. So. That's important, man. This is everything, you know. There's Terrence Davis right there, Hammer. Yeah, I just thought it was such an honest, like, heartfelt answer where it wasn't canned. It wasn't, like, trying to give you an answer that, you know, no one really has an answer to, you know. <laughs> he, he just basically lays it out there like, yeah, it's weighing on him. He understands it. He feels it when he walks on the court. And I think that that more than anything else, that's what you want. If you're like Kings fans are like it's a it's a really Sacramento's a white collar like the whole downtown area, but Sacramento as a whole is more of a blue collar town, mm-hmm. and you want your players to to want it like you want it, mm-hmm. right? It's like the frustration of dealing with with some of these professional athletes where you just go, man, if if when I was 22 years old, I was seven foot tall and could jump out of the building and had all the athleticism, all the things that you have, like, where would I be? And you get frustrated with them. And then you have a guy like this who's like, it's almost like he's attached to the fan base in a different way where he gets it in a way that they get it. Where a lot of, even like this season's, we've had this this weird vibe where they keep saying, well, you have to remember, these players haven't been, you know, it's a 16-year playoff drought, but these players haven't been part of that whole 16 years. It's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. Your fans have been part of it for 16 years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they want. The fans want is for their team to feel like they do. Mm-hmm. So when you when someone says that, oh, we haven't been part of it, like it's almost like you're giving yourself an excuse. And and fans don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to hear it as I'm sitting there listening to it. It's like, yeah, man. Like yeah, you need to break the streak. Mm-hmm. These fans deserve better. You're part of the organization. It doesn't matter if you've been here on a 10-day contract or uh, for five years. You need to be better, and, and your fans deserve better. And I think that that's what I got from from Terrence. It's it's not just the words. It was you could feel him feeling the same way that everyone else in Sacramento has felt. Yeah. And I thought that that was pretty brilliant. Nah, that was Casey, awesome. one, one more quick thing on, mm-hmm. on TD. Uh, just because I want to make sure James is aware of this. You mentioned the the nine points and three turnovers in the first quarter. You know how many turnovers he ended the game with? Three. He ended the game with three. Yeah. Let him get. Yeah, that first. He, he it was, was crazy. Clearly, sloppy. he was emotional. <laughs> like clearly, he went into that game with some emotion. Uh, and I think one of one of the one of the turnovers, I guess this is a double whammy. It was a turnover and it was an offensive foul yeah. where he just drilled somebody back to the basket trying to get trying to get a bucket. That's all right. That's all, that's right. all right. That's all right. That's right. That's it. Yeah, and and again, that's when we talk about Terrence and we talk about Malik Monk. Um, it's it you know I put him in the same boat as far as like their mistake players and stuff. It's not just the turnovers. It's not just the missed shots. 
it's it realistically it's a missed assignments that drive uh, the coaching staff like bonkers because you can have just like Terrence comes in and he plays like he came in at the I think at seven minutes left in the first quarter because that team had no energy and they needed something mm-hmm. but that means that he played a big chunk of his time with Sabonis if you make three mistakes or two mistakes on the defensive end and you let your guy go right at at Sabonis you can be the reason why Sabonis only plays 25 minutes that night. And and it can be that quick. And, you know, Sabonis is going to make his own mistakes and his own fouls on certain plays. But this team has been giving, like, wide-open runs at their all-star center all season long. And that's part of why Terrence doesn't play. He makes mistakes. He gambles in a, the wrong way. And he leads to, like, the bigger picture is Sabonis getting in foul trouble. And so... Uh, I, I don't think he made those mistakes. I thought he was he was attentive defensively and he was okay. He was just he came in too with too much energy, too hot, uh, which his team needed. But it also led to a couple of turnovers. That was Kenny the day after the All Star game. It happens. You know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. I um, I we we've said it you know a number of different times. I think you can win with Terrence that uh, TD, mm. and I think that he could be really vital for what this team does with his energy with his versatility. I'd love to see more minutes with him and Monk playing, you know, on the court at the same time, bringing a different level of energy. I know James heard that. He might have had an aneurysm just even thinking about all the defensive mistakes and wild plays going on. But I think the upside of what they could be, which was like last night, where they're giving you together, they're giving you 35 off the bench. I think I think that could that that could be something special for this team. I'd like to see more of them playing together uh, in these final twenty four games. Yeah, and I'm going to point this out. Someone says Herder makes mistakes too. Um, Herder makes a couple of mistakes here and there. I, I'm not going to say that that Herder is mistake free. I mean that would be absolutely ludicrous. Um, but like if we look at per thirty six, Monk is at three point one turnovers per game, uh, and Terrence Davis is at two point four turnovers per game. Herder's at 1.6 turnovers per game, so basically half of what Monk does uh, and, like, 60% of what Terrence Davis does. And and I'll even say, like, where Terrence and Malik make mistakes on the defensive end, mistakes and limitations are different. And so, yes, does Kevin Herder get beat on the defensive end? I've never said that he, he doesn't. He does get beat. But a lot of times when he's getting beat, it's not because he's out of position. It's because he gets beat because he, lack of, uh, well, whether it's his lack of athleticism or his opponent's incredible athleticism, we're talking about Monk and we're talking about Terrence Davis, it's usually that they're they're actually, actually making mistakes and or they're out of position or they're gambling in a weird way. I don't think that that's the case with Herter. And it doesn't matter. You can't have like your whole team with just Kevin Herters, just like you can't have your whole team with just, you know, Malik Monks and Terrence Davises. You need that excitement, that energy, that guy who takes a bunch of risks, just like you need the other guy who doesn't take a bunch of risks, who, who can get beat, but it's for a different reason. Yeah. And real quick, I, what we see from Terrence, Terrence is one of those guys I've, I've talked about it in the past. And Malik is the same way. You talk about their turnover numbers per 36. You gotta just let them be them. You gotta you you when you play them, yeah. you gotta be like, they're gonna make some crazy passes sometimes. They're gonna make some head scratching decisions. But if I let them play the one the way they want to play, the reward may be greater than a mishap here and there. And where we saw that earlier in the year was when TD was scared to death to do anything. Yeah. Because if he got one turnover, yeah. one missed assignment, he'd be out. Then he's triple pump faking on a three and traveling because he don't know yeah. what to do. Like, I'm I'm of the belief, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but just the way I go about it, you got to – guys like that, you got to take the good with the bad because I think the good far outweighs the bad at the end of the day. And you got to accept, hey, there's going to be some turnovers. I'm going to yell at him about it, but I'm going to let you know you're still in the game. You're not losing no minutes off of this. Continue to play your game. I'm going to coach you through it, but you got to let them be them. I'm going to respond to that with, I agree, you have to let them be them, 
but you can't not coach them. You have to coach them hard and you have to demand that they get better. They have to get better just like everyone else does. And just because that's who they are and they're going to make some mistakes, that doesn't mean you can't clean up a lot of what they're doing. And, you know, like, sure, I, I don't want you throwing the ball into the stands three times a game. That's that's one thing. But the the coaching aspect of it, pulling Terrence Davis aside during timeouts and saying, look, man, I cannot have you like incorrectly defend the pick and roll again and again and again. Those are things that you have to keep coaching. And like, look, I think what we're seeing right now is the fruits of of labor that Mike Brown has put in and that Terrence Davis has put in and the rest of the coaching staff has put into working with Terrence to make him a better player overall. So while you don't want to take away what makes him him and makes him like the individual basketball player that has the athleticism and, and the crazy things that Terrence Davis can do, you still need him to be better at the basics and better at the things that you can coach into him. And so like, while I agree with you, I think there is something to the way that Mike has handled this situation. And we're finally seeing sort of part of the finished product that, that we can see for this season for Terrence is that Mike Brown has reined him in, in certain ways where he can be better defensively. He can be better, sort of schematically and, and in the flow of the game on both sides of the court. Uh, but he can still be who he is as an individual and still do some of the crazy things that he's able to do. Let's talk more Kings basketball Let's with uh, James Ham Specifically, uh, the game coming up in about four hours. Uh, I'm Sacramento ready for this Kings one. are in Los Angeles tonight to take on uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll talk about that uh, with our 1320 Kings insider and creator of the Kings beat. Our man James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, yo, what's up? It's the young bad boy, King Kong. And I'm here with my boy, D-Lo and KC, ESPN 1320. You already know what it is, man. We can't stop. We won't stop. Bad boy. Shout out to King Combs right there. Forgot this existed. (laughs) Should have got one from Bill Bellamy today. If I had known, if I had known Bill Bellamy was in the studio, you would have pulled up. I would have pulled up and said, Bill, you once told us this tremendous story about any given Sunday, (laughs) and when the fight broke out between LL Cool J and 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 Jamie Foxx. Uh And he, he built this whole story up about how he was about to deliver this big, dramatic line, and then the big fight broke out, and, and then he never, he never got to deliver his line. They just cut the whole entire scene. Bill, Bill didn't get a chance. Bill, to, did, yeah. Bill didn't get to. And 
I regret to this day, it was the most captivated I'd ever been in an interview. Ever. Yeah. He, w- he had me and Jay Ross in the palm of his hand. <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me to ask. To ask him the line? What oh. was the line? <laughs> no. I, you could have given him in his moment. Go have it. Have your moment right now. Give us I, the line. Look, the line. The line would have been something like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> that wasn't. That wasn't the line. That wasn't the line. If if, uh, I, if, if I had known, I would. I would have run in here in the middle of me in the morning and been like, "Bill, what was the line?" Security. Yeah. <laughs> security. Damn shame what happened to D'Lo. He was shot by Bill Bellamy's security today. That's right. <laughs> Running in. Uh, but shout out to me in the morning uh, with Bill Bellamy on, who I assume is performing at the Punchline yeah, yeah, this Punchline uh, all weekend. Tonight, Saturday. and That Sunday. sounds like Sean, something Sean Cunningham would do. So if Sean Cunningham is going to the Punchline, please ask him to ask Bill Bellamy, what was the line from any given Sunday? That the fight between LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx interrupted. The go. biggest failure of my media career by far. I might go see Bill Bellamy this weekend. He's very funny. He, he has Bellamy. never. The, my fa- it, it, So as captivating as that interview was, my favorite Bill Bellamy memory ever was the first time Adrian Ross asked me to play in the Matt Backer celebrity basketball game. Uh-huh. And... I check in, probably the last person to check in, rightfully so. Oh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I got, I, yep, uh, I go, I go to the line and I line up next to, to 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 Bill Bellamy, and Bill looks at me and goes, "Yo, what's up, man?" I say, "Hey, I'm I'm D'Lo," because I was a jackass, and that's how I introduced my myself. Yo, I'm D'Lo at at, at, at the radio station. He said, "Where? I'm, I'm I'm Bill," and I just thought that was cool. It was like, yeah, I know you're Bill Bellamy. Like this was, this was prime like how to be a player, like like them flicks, like. I know, like you're Bill Bellamy. I thought that was, that cool. was a moment, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. That was a moment uh, akin to when Michael Jordan met that guy in uh, Barcelona. Remember? We just hit a wall? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Same thing for He's like, I'm Michael. I, I, I just hit a wall last night. <laughs> yeah, you ain't met this man and tell him about your practice. You sure as hell ain't telling me you play bad. What are you doing up so early? Well, I'm filming, jackass. What's it look like? <laughs> <laughs> what do you oh, think? Um, I'm about to make this home video that these two idiots in Sacramento are going to recite for the next 40 years. That's the part that that's got the cut. One. That's, that's the one. They, they only aired that on the last dance. That's, that's the part that got cut. There was something else I was going to say. It had nothing to do with the Kings, but I can't. Remember. That adds up. Don't 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 quote me. Here. It's 3:36 on a Friday, man. We're we're, we're feeling really it. important too. I'm mad I missed it. Well, okay, well, when James is in the middle of a point and it pops back in your head, just blurt it out like we did. Just when go we ahead and blurt it out. Just, just blurt, blurt it, it out. out. Uh, Hammer, how are you feeling about tonight's game? The Los Angeles know. Clippers. Like, like the Clippers, uh, they're a veteran squad. They're physical, um, you know, but they just haven't been together. They just, like, did, like, some weird news team assemble thing and, like, added four rotational players and – like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but I think it's better to catch them here early than it is like three weeks from now when they've had time yeah. to sort of mm-hmm. sit in the pot together. Um, so I and the Kings play them twice, right? They play them today, then they've got the the two games against yeah. OKC, then they go back to LA. Oh, they come they home come to here. play, yeah. play yeah. the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, so so it's one of those things where I, I think you want to play them um, while they're trying to. Before they realize uh, who Russell Westbrook is, that you want to play them, wow. then. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, <laughs> like see how it goes. <laughs> see how it goes. Sorry, Dilo. <laughs> wow. Like this is this is that moment where you're like, oh, they don't know. They don't know who he is yet. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's cold, man. Y'all talk That's cold. That, I, I don't condone that, Ham. Man, don't do that to Russell. Don't do that to that Russell. Dude like he's uh, a scrub, man. Look, I know I'm high on Russell Westbrook, and I I, do, I love Russell. That's not going to change. Like, it's literally not. I don't care if he averages two points per game next year. Like, I love that dude. I love what he stands for. I love his game. I love the whole thing. Y'all talk about that dude like he's terrible. Yeah. You, Trista. Yeah. Trista in a little bit more roundabout way. <laughs> but y'all talk about that dude like he's, he's terrible. Not, I'm the only one on your he's side, He's not baby. terrible. He can put up stats. He But – can he win? And that's the question. Yeah, I mean, he like win. he's got to be the 
the answer to winning, well, he hasn't been able to in a, in a couple of years. I mean, so well, the, the uh, Wizards went he, to the playoffs. He, sorry, he led the Wizards to the, to the playoffs. Like that yeah. team sucked. Team was sorry. Okay. The Rockets were in the playoffs. Yeah. That was a bubble year. Before that, he was at OKC yeah. going to the playoffs with nobody. Y'all had uh, Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the in the gutter, mm. and that dude won MVP his first year and, and 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 took that team to play. Oh, he won the MVP, only won forty six games. He won forty six games with that team. Mm. Yeah, you think? You no, think I, he's I a, mean, but you think he's going to be a hindrance to the Clippers? Him. See, I, I don't. think he can be. I don't think he, I don't even think he can be. Yeah, this is going to be the best Russell Westbrook he, we've seen all year. This he can be because I, he's going to still want to be Russ and he's still going to want to play 30 something minutes a game. And, and if that's not who he is for that team, I don't think he he's ready to accept that that's not who he is. Hmm. So, I mean, we're going to have to see, Well, I think cause he, he wouldn't do it with, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He wouldn't accept who he was. And no, he, he looked he around at that fully. roster and was like, this team sucks. I'm hmm. one of the best players here. And he did come Yeah, but he's always like going to think that in every room. Y'all are starting and Patrick effing Beverly above me? Embarrassing. That was embarrassing. <laughs> and he did come off the bench for the Lakers. He came off the bench. He so, literally did everything yeah. he, they asked, and they still blame the entire failure of a season on him. I can't wait for them to not make <laughs> oh, anything. Oh, man. I, same. Same. <laughs> but James doesn't host a Locked on Clippers podcast <laughs> or a uh, Clippers beat podcast or a <laughs> the Clipper, no. what's the what's it's, the street uh, it's down probably, there? It's probably um, it's not La Cienega. It's uh, La Cienega no, vibes. It's Figueroa. <laughs> Figueroa vibes. Figueroa vibes. <laughs> Figueroa vibes. Down Figueroa there. vibes. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I I I say this I. James, one thing that was frustrating, like both of us earlier, was you looked at the NBA slate tonight. There isn't a more intriguing game tonight than the Kings and the Clippers, and it's like this is it's it's literally the three seed versus the four seed. It's nowhere to be found on national television. The NBA decided to do nothing about this. They're airing Oklahoma City and a Kevin Durantless uh, uh, Phoenix Suns uh, team instead. When you have this, what I believe is a gem of a game. To showcase uh, in, in 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 front of the NBA world tonight, uh, and they refuse to do it. And I think part of that is because they still don't think what the Kings are doing are is real. Now I'm not saying that the Kings are going to win tonight, but I think we see a game akin to the second one we saw against Dallas a week ago. I think they're in yeah. a fight tonight with the Clippers. I mean, this is a this is a game that like it's a measuring stick of, of sorts. It's like. Mm. You look at this four-game stretch or, or even like this six, seven-game stretch, this is so crucial to who the Kings want to be. Like this is, are you are you going to be fighting for the three or are you going to be fighting for the six to hold on to the six? That's what I, I think we'll know a lot more about this team when you get done with the two OKC games, when you get done with uh, the two Clippers games, and you got what, the Pelicans. Like it's tough. You've got some games, but it's all against teams that you – you're supposed to be competing with and some of which you should be better than and it, it's going to be a measuring stick of sorts because they have to show that this is who they are that they can they can fight through a stretch like this and you know get up to 35 36 wins by the next by the end of the the five games or something um it, it's definitely for me it's i, I want to see who they are against a team like the clippers mm-hmm. and and like the clippers have been a really they're they're like the paper champions they always they have been for a long time, but they never actually you know turn out to be great when it matters. So we want to see what if if this is just another version of that of paper champions, or if they can put a team together here in in the final twenty five games and coach them up and get them on the same page and get them ready to like make a, a title run. It's harsh for the Clippers. It was uh, I wish people would tell the whole story. Thank you, Doc. They were in the bubble and then Kawhi tore his ACL. In back-to-back years, it's not fair. They were in the bubble, and Patrick Beverly was on their team. So There's those that. those two things go hand in There's hand. There's that. Yeah. Um, I look at I look at this this Kings team, and we talked about Terrence Davis and what he said. Um, we talked about earlier Demontis Sabonis and what he had to say after the game. Just something simple like, "No, we we're never really worried." You know, we knew once we were going. 
uh, get, once we got going, everything was going to be okay. I told Damian, this team is extremely confident. This team is extremely confident. I, I think the thought that they're going to fold under the pressure, they're going to fold under these 24 mm-hmm. games left, I don't think that's the way this team is built. You look at Terrence Davis and, and what he said, I think he he speaks for the team. I think they all recognize what's going on. And I'll take it a step further. I think they're ready. I think they can taste it. Like I, where a lot of people are like, you know, uh, is it going to be too much for them? You know, I haven't been here. And I understand that thought. I kind of think the opposite. I think they can taste it. I think they want to get this. Now, somebody like De'Aaron Fox, I think they can taste it. That's part of the reason why I think they're going to come into a game tonight looking to looking to compete, looking to maybe make a statement that, no, we're here. We're, we, we're right here. We're going to finish this thing off, Sacramento. Don't worry. We're going to finish this off. And we're going to show you by the way we compete and play tonight. Yeah, like – like with the point you made earlier, uh, I can agree with you, but I can also tell you that even if they are ready, there's still a chance that they're fighting for the sixth seed and trying to avoid the seventh. It, it's just that's that's the way the NBA works. So like, while I don't think that they are going to fold and I don't think that they're just going to be bad down the stretch and I'm going to watch like a 37 win team and, you know, they might win four games the rest of the way type deal. That's not what I think at all. Um, but you know, if, if you go 500, if you go three games over 500, whatever it is mm-hmm. like that, none of that ensures that you're going to be the third seed or the fourth seed or the fifth seed. Like this is going to be a dogfight. There are a bunch of good teams. So it's not just that, you know, uh, the Kings can show up tonight. They can play a great game. They can lose by three. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's how I look at this. And, and I'm not like trying to point out that the schedule is tough just to say that, oh, they're going to lose so many games. Say, like, the schedule's tough. You can play great basketball and still lose a handful of games that you mm-hmm. wish you didn't. And it's not one person's fault or, or you know, it's not that they let anyone down. It's just that you went up against a team that was good like you're good, and you got beat. And so that's why I'm always – I'm not, like, trying to be apprehensive or, or I'm just trying to keep it, like, on the level and, like, yeah, no. I get what you're saying. We don't want that. Hey, yeah. Because here's the here's yeah. the other thing. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna I was just gonna point out because we always point out the standings. They're closer to the two than the ten. We we're never talking about that. They're closer to the two than the ten. They're closer to the two than yeah. the seven. And here's 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 my two things. One, James said dogfight. We've got to stop this. <laughs> we've we've got to stop this. I we had we 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 literally had dogs fighting on the show earlier, <laughs> and then we got James bringing up dogfight. We've got to stop this. It's funny because when I, I like when I hear the term dogfight, I know it has such a, a negative. It's terrible now. It, it does, but it, that's not what I think when I think dogfight. When I think dogfight, I think like World War II fighter pilots like battling in the air. Top Gun. It's a dogfight. There you go. It's Top Gun. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Also, yeah. also, you guys think about dogfight as like an orchestrated. Like we're fighting these dogs. Sometimes dogs just fight. Yeah, it's what Tristan's dogs were doing yeah, earlier. Like, just, they just got oh, into my, a fight in the middle of our not, segment. Yeah, my dogs it's, fight. It's not a, yeah. a setup thing. Sometimes dogs just fight. When they fight, they get after it. Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't even think of the term in that way. I, I literally, I'm thinking like, you know, it, like a battle. It's going to be a battle in the air. It's going to be like two groups of going at it, and and like. This is going to be tough. Well, here's the, here's here's the thing that doesn't apply to the to the Top Gun dogfights is you know you talk about oh, this team could go you know three games over five hundred the rest of the way and and be fighting for the sixth seed. I don't know this because this is not my bag and this is not what Stacy Kaufman pays me to do. <laughs> I don't feel like the math checks out on that. <laughs> if they go three games over five hundred the rest of the way. They're almost certainly the sixth spot because <laughs> they like would have had to have beaten somebody. Who, who is in the vicinity of them as these teams keep playing each other along the way. Go, James, I know your heart doesn't want to get hurt again. Come on, man. <laughs> they go, Come on, James. They go this three, is it. They go this three is games it. over to, to finish the season. They're like the fourth seed. This is it, uh, James. This is the moment right here. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just trying to keep it real and, and no. make sure that, that people are, are understanding that it's not a bummer. If you go into tonight's game – and you get drubbed by 30, 
and then that that becomes a trend for the next three games, then like we're gonna have there's there's literally a hasn't happened <laughs> that, one time happened. this year. I, I agree, but what <laughs> I'm saying is that that's not what I expect. You're hurt. What I You're expect hurt. is for this team to fight and to to give it a good game each and every night. But that still doesn't mean anything. Let's hug. Like, Come on, virtual yeah. hug, James. Come on, man. <laughs> wrap, your, wrap your arms how, around me. Come on, Hammer. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. This team, I, I know, and, and this was, but this, this actually to 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 go all the way back to the something, the original thing that you brought up when you were talking about what Terrence said last night. That's the way, like every, that's why that clip has resonated. That's why that quote has resonated with so many Kings fans because literally every Kings fan is feeling exactly what Terrence Davis was talking about. The weight of these next 25 games and what they mean. And we talked about this leading into it. We're going to overreact to everything. We're going to overreact to wins, to losses, to the amount they went, to a first quarter, to a fourth quarter. We're, because every game has, such weight to it. Oh, and real, real quick, James. See, I I feel like, and I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but we heard the same thing and heard two different things at the same time. Hmm. I didn't hear weight. I heard anticipation. Inside, we're at the precipice of doing something that hasn't been done here in two decades. Like I I recognize it. Let's finish it. Like I I didn't hear. Damn. Like. Oof. Well, no. Oof. I I I I. Yeah. I, I, I think. You're, I, I guess it's a different interpretation of the word weight. Mm. Weight as if he's dragging it behind him, or, or a weight as if we like, know, like you feels feel it, it heavy. You feel I think it. he feels it as in, I can't wait to get there. That's how I took it. Hmm. Okay. I, I think he feels it like he's walking out there and he's, he's looking around that arena and he knows that. He feels the same way that everyone else does. As evidenced by his 3,002 turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we've got to get this. He's that's excited. What, that's what he feels. Like he's, he, excited. he's excited. We're he's excited, but he's also – it's, it's going through his mind of, of, like, how big of a moment this is. And, and it's really cool for a guy who – I mean, he's only been here, what, I guess two years now, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like he's, like, a, a king for, for five or six years, like the Harrison Barnes uh, – Rashawn Holmes, De'Aaron Fox group. Um, he hasn't been here that long, but y- you know that like he he understands the community. It feels like he gets the community side of it maybe as much or more than other people do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I and that may be true. I think De'Aaron gets it. He's just mm-hmm. never going to vocalize it. The first time De'Aaron vocalizes it, if he vocalizes it at all, is when it's over. It's like the like I always remember, and I'm I can't remember who said it. I want to believe it was Tim Duncan, but I don't I don't know the the San Antonio Finals that they won. Everyone said all year San Antonio's got to get back there. Like they had the tape out for them, the trophy was ready, and then Ray Allen hits that three. Mm-hmm. Like they they wouldn't acknowledge that they wanted to get back to them that moment. They didn't want to acknowledge that they needed to write that. They didn't want to acknowledge that all year until the second that game ended and the Spurs were NBA champions again. They were like, we knew we had to get back here. We couldn't let what happened last year be a defining moment in our legacy. We had to get back here, and we had to have this moment. De'Aaron is not – I don't believe De'Aaron is going to address 16 years or a playoff drought or anything of that sort, and if he does, he's going to do it the moment it ends. Mm. You know, in a way, he has addressed it for like four straight years, five straight years coming into this year. Like, it's been a question that's been asked of him so many times. And he's always said, like, look. I got a bunch of bums around me. What do you want me to do? (laughs) No, he keeps saying, if I can be the one, if I can be the one that puts us over the top, that, that snaps a streak, if I can be part of that team, then we'll be legends here. He, he gets that, mm-hmm. but he, he hasn't said it this year because he said it so many times before, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so that might be why you're not hearing it this time, and it might be why Harrison Barnes is clearly growing a playoff beard, but he won't acknowledge <laughs> that he's growing a playoff beard. Like, I, I don't know if he's trying to go out and get another uh, Razor endorsement, um, but he clearly knows – and he's got something brewing there on his face that I don't even know what it is. And it's like, man, what is happening? <laughs> he doesn't want to acknowledge it. 
because he did it once before and it didn't work out. And so, yeah, I, I think the guys that have been here, yeah, they're apprehensive about like speaking it uh, at this point, just because they have, they have talked about it so many times before, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins talked about it all the time. Mm. You know, if he could, if he could be the guy that got them to the playoffs, well, he never was. And so now Fox is, you know, he's got close the 39 win season where they faded down the stretch. That was, you know, they, they were close, but, and he answered that question a bunch of times. And then they ended up missing the playoffs by eight games. That's, that's how far it ended up being in the, at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, I just think that he's, he's been through this too many times and, and maybe that's where Terrence hasn't, he hasn't been through this so many times where he's jaded by it. And he just like, I, I feel like it's an honest thing that he feels what's happening and he mm-hmm. feels the excitement of the community and, and he is an emotional guy. He wears it on his sleeve. So maybe that's part of it. It's that just like the emotion of it is big for him because he's an emotional dude. And him and Malik are the perfect guys to, to answer it because like those guys, they just answer questions. Like yeah. they don't, they don't yeah. strategize. How they, they, like you ask them a question, you're going to get an answer. Mm-hmm. Those are the two perfect guys Straight to address shooters. this. You don't need to ask Domas about this right now. You don't need to ask De'Aaron Fox about this. Certainly don't need to ask Harrison or Mike Brown. Ask Malik, you'll get a real answer. Keegan. Ask, I honestly don't know what you'll get with Keegan if you ask him the question. Like, yeah, no, what, I, I don't know. I don't know what We got get. Keegan coming out of the break. He had a, a different energy to him. Uh oh. It was his brother. You just got you guys just didn't know it was Chris. <laughs> there it is. The earpiece, yeah. A good lineup in the AirPods. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> <laughs> James Ham, make sure you become a premium subscriber uh, over at the Kings Beat. Check out the Kings Beat podcast uh, for more great Kings content. If you're listening on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app and you want more Kings talk, you want more Will Z, more Trista Crick, more James Ham, we're going to run it back for you next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Let's go, Kings! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.